Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, we're talking about self-publishing and imprints and creating a publishing, maybe arm or whatever I like uh, for publishing your book. So I'm Russ Capasso. Joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how are you on this fine day? I'm doing good, Russ. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about all these technical, very interesting things that I prepared for. <laughs> yes. A lot. I, you read all the stuff I sent you? <laughs> I am not pantsing it. No, I read, I read the art. You gave me a lot of homework, honestly. I kind of last minute too, but it was pop quiz, pop quiz. Yeah. Well, I read, I read most of it. I don't know how much I absorbed. Uh, no. So yeah. So in my, my journey for the self-publishing here, I'm by the time this, this episode airs, I may, I'm now won't be, it won't be out yet, but my book will be is very close. So right now it's going to That's what to... the whole episode should be about. It should be. <laughs> it should be a celebration. <laughs> we should have drinks. The next one. The next we one. should be celebrating the publish, the publishing of your book, man. Yeah, so close. But getting to this point, though, uh, this topic came up because I was going through the setup process for Ingram Spark and, and even on Amazon, like setting up the account to do the self-publishing. Can you explain what Ingram Spark is for, for those who don't know? Sure. It's like a, a, a aggregated uh, distributor, basically. So you can use Ingram Spark to distribute your book to Amazon, to Apple Books, to all sorts of sources. I think they even do like Barnes and Noble and stuff. They'll do print on demand for you for, you know, for paperback and hardcover copies and stuff like that. So, so you can just use Ingram Spark. You don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So there, I mean, there is, is probably a whole nother episode in itself, but yeah, there's, there's differences in royalty payouts for which one you use. So if you go through Amazon, you'll, you know, and distribute through them, you'll typically get a higher royalty rate versus if you go to Ingram Spark and then publish through Amazon, it'll be a little lower. So there's Oh, a whole, interesting. Yeah. So you can use Ingram Spark to show up on Amazon, but then the payout is different based on yeah. how you distributed it. Yep. Whereas you could do Ingram Spark for like everything else and but then, Amazon and then do Amazon exactly solely to get the increased payout yeah exactly oh, that's interesting so that's pro that's what i'm gonna end up doing so but during that process uh i came across kind of like a little stumbling block because i was like going to sign up and set this up and it was like publisher and i was like me <laughs> 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 so then they got me thinking i was like oh interesting let me do some research on what i should do here like should it just should i just publish under my own name which is absolutely a thing you can do 100 percent. i could just go on russ capasso and that's it um, but I want to kind of dig into it. So that's kind of where this, 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 uh, episodes topic kind of came up from. So, and doing that research, it was kind of interesting. Uh, there's kind of two different camps in this, right? So for self-publishing, um, I think there's the people who say, uh, it seems like you're kind of cheating people you're tricking them and making them think that you're actually published because you come up with like a fake like business an imprint or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, I shouldn't say it's not fake. It's a business, right? I mean, it's kind of, you're, you're creating a business basically to publish your own books. But they right? feel like, oh, it's duplicitous because you're, you know, presenting yourself as an established publishing arm yeah. when it's just you in a fancy name. Yes, correct. I could, I could see yep. that bad perspective. And that's one camp. And then the other camp is like, absolutely not. It's a business. Uh, you know, you go to a mom and pop shoe store and they're called, you know, Main Street Shoes or whatever. You know, it's like they're still doing, it's a business name. It just could still be run by one person. So, right. So going to the path and kind of like researching all this and looking at like, all right, what's the benefits of doing it and not doing it? Right. Um, and a lot of stuff I'm finding I found was that making this, this decision early on is, is more beneficial than waiting. Cause if you wait to do it later on, 
you may have to like, you'd have to republish the books then under this new publishing name, right? Mm -hmm. I personally have decided that I am going to trick everyone. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to misrepresent your book and your work. Yeah, yeah it's going to be called Penguin Waddles Books. No. <laughs> Not so random house books. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I am going to, I am going to come up with a kind of, with a publisher or imprint name to publish under because I, what was interesting is that the a lot of people were saying, well, if you plan to just do one book, just publish on your own name, you know, but I don't plan to do that. I plan to write many. So the idea is I'd have this set up up front and then just use that as my publishing name for any books I write and kind of go. I mean, for there, all so. the homework that you really grumpily assigned me and I made gave, me read I gave before no this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it seems like um, the rationale behind using or creating like a publishing imprint as an independent author is to push against that bias that people may have about self-published books. Yes. So in a way you are intentionally misrepresenting because you're trying to be seen as an established author. Yeah. But, but also not be dismissed just because you're not on one of the main imprints. Yeah. Which I, which I totally understand. It's it but it's certainly an interesting debate obviously like yeah. you want to be read by as many people as you want yep and i agree like looking at like you said looking at like a local flower shop or a shoe store or something they're not going to say like russ Caspaso shoes yeah. you know they're going to say like souls are us or whatever yeah so yeah i don't i don't feel like it's disingenuous i think you'd be doing an absolute disservice to your work if you didn't go this route yeah and I, well i think it's also interesting too that in a lot of the articles i was reading that and it's maybe also uh, there's probably we're, we're coming around a bend of the, you know, the the uh, stigma that's attached to self-publishing, you know, and I think it's definitely changed certainly over the last few years um, that the quality can still be there and just as good as like a big publisher book. Right. Yeah. But I found it kind of interesting that there's still gonna be that hang up. And even with like, like looking at like libraries or, you know, advanced reviews, sending you know, review copies out to influencers or anyone who wants to review it ahead of time, that there's still kind of this hang up that it's like, oh, this is a self-published book. And they see that kind of interesting that that's still pervasive in the, in the industry that there's this hang up about being, you know what it feels like to me, it reminds me a lot of, um, like independent record labels, not like ones that are owned by Universal, yeah. where it's like an imprint, like Matador yeah. or something. But same, like same, same concept, right? Like yeah, yeah. Um, and and with that in mind, right? Like so, you're setting up this imprint. There's a good chance that you would publish not just your own books, but if I completely fail at querying, I'm going to have to query <laughs> you and maybe publish you, mine. You get but, zero advance, by the way. Yeah, you. I need it in advance. Yeah, here's um, five bucks. <laughs> would you consider publishing other authors like under this imprint? Like, Abs would you want to grow Absolutely. it in that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh -huh. I think that's cool because in a way it's like you're developing an ecosystem and like almost a vetting process for like the types of work that you want to appear underneath this imprint. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, there's like a independent bands, you know, it's like, oh, all these bands are on the same kind of label. Like to me, when right. I was a kid growing up, that was cool. It was like, yeah. oh, who else is on this label? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to give to, you know, maybe there is a place for that, right? And sometime in the far flung future, maybe where, you know, you are acting as kind of like a stamp of approval for independent authors who don't want to have their book torn apart by maybe some big publishing house or something like that. You know, they just want to have total control over, over their their artistic vision for their their words, you know? Okay, I'm going to have to add you to my query list then. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a rigorous <laughs> process, by the way. 
Oh, really? Yeah, damn it. You know, some of the articles, it's interesting too, because when you, not only setting up for um, the distribution channels like through Amazon or Income Spark or uh, like Draft to Digital, I think is another one, similar, similar service. When you go to buy your ISBN numbers, um, and it's kind of like- Which is, can you explain to me what an ISBN number is? Yeah, so ISBN number, that's the ISBN number. is kind of like saying a ATM, ATM machine. Um, it's the International Standard Book Number. So that's like the unique number that's assigned to all the formats of your book. Um, and that's what's used basically in, in stores, basically to track the book. Oh, so like it's like a unique identifier that every book would. I mean, so- Yeah. Like, so, so looking at your book, like Host would have one ISBN across- digital and also you know you have so ISPNs you need one for every format that you produce so I plan oh. to have four I have plan to, to distribute the book in four different formats so there'll be an ebook paperback hardcover and audiobook and for each one it needs its own ISBN you're doing a hardcover not to go tangent but yeah absolutely man I'm gonna buy one of those absolutely I'll sign it for you <laughs> yeah oh I want that <laughs> absolutely ISPNs are yeah, they're just that unique identifier. And you'll see them if you go to look on the back of a book. I mean, typically they're on the inside page, but on the back where the barcode is, it's right there. And it's, So I take it there's a cost associated with getting one or four in, in your case? Yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, there's, uh, so uh, Bokers, B-O-W-K-E-R, uh, they're, they're like the service for providing ISBNs in the U.S. Um, you go to myidentifiers.com. That I can authorize resellers. Uh, you can get one through like Amazon and Ingram Spark, but this is kind of all part of this whole process of like setting up your own publisher too. So we're not off a total tangent here. Um, is owning your own ISBNs is kind of important important piece because like Amazon will offer its own, but it's like a freebie and it's not. I think like outside of the Amazon ecosystem, it's not recognized. Oh, interesting. So something just to to look up and be aware of if you're planning to self publish your Amazon. But yeah, so, and that was another thing. So taking a step back, that was another part of like, when I go to purchase these ISBNs, you know, who am I purchasing them as, them as, right? So uh, it's just kind of part of the whole, let me have, should I, ha should I be doing this all under Rustcast or should I be doing this under, you know, whatever imprint name I come up with. But the idea of setting that up early and having it so it's like, okay, I buy all the ISBNs underneath this name. I set up all the publishing arms, distribution arms under this name. Um, is kind of the idea. So cost for ISBNs, yeah, they can, it, it varies. So there's, you can buy one, it's like 125 bucks for one, or you buy Whoa. 10 of them for like 295. You can like, they come in bulk, the, the price goes down, but. Sounds like a scam. <laughs> yeah, everything is. You gotta pay to play, I guess. There's always a middleman who wants his cut. So yeah, I mean, so talking about like benefits of like setting up, you know, some of the things that come across, right? Like you thinking about like, I mean, for the marketing aspect as well, right? Like having your own publishing imprint name, there's an aspect I guess you could do for, for, for marketing purposes. I don't know how much I would push that as like a thing to promote my book. Like, well, I mean, if you're using writer's syndrome books, mm -hmm. you are tapping into the website that exists. You're tapping into the podcasts in a way. So, I mean, yeah. even passively it's, there's a consistency in brand recognition with that marketing so that yeah. makes sense to me that was like that's kind of the idea and thinking like this is going to be displayed like in public wherever the book is sold right so seeing you know does this mean i get a cut of your book no <laughs> <laughs> damn it um but yeah and it's i mean there's like longer term aspects to this right so thinking about like that publisher name is going to be recorded everywhere it's going to display like on amazon as like the publisher listed name right um, right it's gonna be recorded in like Every book industry database you can think about, like retailers, wholesalers, distributors, you know, um, people searching for the book will come across it. Um, obviously, it'll be listed on like my 
copyright page when I go to copyright the book and do all of that. So yeah, there's I think there's a lot of different aspects of of positive pros and cons to to doing it. Uh, right now, I just see a lot of pros, so I think that's why I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm heading. Yeah, curious. Up. Are there any cons other than like you know your armchair you know established authors who are judging? Yeah, I'm. I don't self publishers. I, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know, and I, I didn't come across anything that was so glaring to be like, oh yeah, this is why I shouldn't do this. Um, there's a lot of other aspects like for like tax purposes and legal purposes too, which we are not a tax or legal, <laughs> legal podcast. So definitely go consult someone once you get into it. But, um, you know, there's a point where this could, I could actually turn this into like an actual, you know, LLC or something or limited, you know, business or, you know, whatever. Um, I think there's a certain point, which I actually, I'm going to be talking to my, my account about, like, I think there's a certain point where if the book makes so much money, then I'd probably be like, okay, let me set this up as a business and actually have money be going through this this publishing arm uh, but again, oh, interesting i'm still in the throes of of sorting through all of this so uh if you're at this point definitely look up some information talk to a tax pro um we'll also include all the links of of you know information and homework that i sent to tim so listeners you that can I... click it that you can <laughs> that tim read through <laughs> i skimmed it over coffee as a creative, this is just the pits, man. Like, yep. do you feel like you're completely split between yes. that creative part of your brain and this like very logical, pragmatic part of your brain? Yeah, my brain is, I like, I'm trying to focus on working on the second book and I'm like, <laughs> I have so much shit to do. <laughs> I know, this is like, it's like, really involved. It really, it really is. Uh, and I mean, I think that's, the, and that's, that's the, the, downside i i say that question mark because you know self-publishing you you are doing everything like you know obviously when you go to query and you get signed by uh you know a, any publisher they're handling most of this stuff yeah uh, outside, outside like, of marketing outside the market like marketing you still definitely are marketing and selling yeah, the book yourself for but this stuff is is typically handled by by them so but luckily hopefully like the work you're putting in now for the second book you'll be saving time, just like this whole process, right? Yes. It's a learning experience. It's harder yeah. at first, yep. but you'll know how to do it. And yeah, that's cool. And then, yeah. I think it was complete, and I think it's completely worth it. And it's definitely something I, I knew was coming, but now that I'm like digging further and I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little details um, uh, to this whole process that um, I think in my head, it was like kind of expecting, but once you get into it, you're like, okay, this is all this, all this stuff I have to prepare while also fixing typos in the book while also trying to figure out who I'm going to send this book to have review it, you know, and then making yep. sure that they think that it's actually legit and being like, no, 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 it is. It went through so many rounds of beta readers and editors and professional editor and professional proofreader. Like it's, it's, it's a legit book, you know? So Russ, what about like a logo? Are you like moving into having like a visual representation of the publishing arm? Yeah, uh, it's kind of funny to think about <laughs> to think about this. Like once I've decided, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and create this imprint, uh, thinking about the name and then thinking about the logo because, oh yeah, this is going to be on the book. <laughs> it's going to be showing up everywhere, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is definitely kind of an important aspect, you know, keeping it simple. Um, like we talked about earlier, like I'm, it's probably going to be I'm going to lean towards, you know, we'll have writer syndrome books, right? And that probably will, what I'll be publishing under. Um, and it kind of fits within our ecosystem, which is great. Um, but yeah, definitely thinking about a logo, um, kind of important. Also, we, we somewhat touched on this earlier. It kind of puts you in a spot to think, you know, you should think of it as a business. You know, it is in a way you, you are creating a business. So having some type of, you know, idea of missions and some goals and 
you know, thinking about that, I don't think hurts, um, especially if you plan to print, uh, publish many books under this, this imprint name. Um, I think it's kind of important. Um, it's also kind of a, an interesting psychology aspect to it too, where you, if you're thinking of it as a business, it kind of helps you maybe push yourself to continue writing in a weird way. Um, yeah. Right. Like it's like, Oh, I need to deliver this thing for this, this publisher. I kind of saw that kept popping up as, as uh, you know, some things to think about as you're doing this, but. Do you know what you're going to do with the logo? I mean, are you going to hire out a designer? You're going to do it yourself. You're going to draw. I am, I am going to do it myself because I what? am an artist. <laughs> are you just doing like lettering or a typewriter or. I'm going to take the, the writer syndrome logo, use that. Um, and honestly, I used uh, Canva uh, to, to come up with that logo. So I have ideas for just doing like a WS or WSB mm -hmm. or something like that as like a circular logo. So that I'll be sitting like on the spine of the book and everything. Um, but yeah, there will be, there will be a logo. There'll just be a, just a, a, a version of the writer syndrome one we have now. So but yeah, I just use Canva to do that one, which is, which was super easy. doesn't need to be crazy. doesn't need to be something super fancy. Can keep I got an idea. What, why don't possible. we do a white, no, no, an orange circle with a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll really it'll take off. I think. Yeah, you think Your so? Book might sell better. Yeah, <laughs> like a red bar through it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we like penguins. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think there is a whole other aspect, and it's it's funny to think like, oh, if you thought about logo and, and name, and it, it's important. It's all important because it's all part. I of agree. It. I mean, um, like from a marketing perspective, I think logos are like incredibly important in a way. Like you see them enough that like you. They, like they, the repetition of a logo leaves a lasting imprint on people. Yeah. So, I, and th that you don't get from like the less visual text. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely see the value in logo and repeating logo, especially as you're thinking about marketing and, you know, communications. So that's it. I, I, will, I'll throw, there'll be a bunch of links included in the posts of stuff that I was digging up. But yeah, I think if you're thinking about self publishing, it's definitely something to consider. And considering it uh, earlier uh, is, is better. <laughs> uh, because once you get on the path of starting to register and do all these other little things uh, from getting the ISBNs to, copywriting and everything else you start thinking like oh maybe i should uh have another name and, and there's another aspect too it's funny i found this this checklist of like for self-publishers of like making sure your book is the presentation of your book is as professional as it possibly can as a self-publisher mm -hmm. right and it's like make sure you have like the title page the first thing and here's typically what's on there and copyright yeah. page and all that it's like open up any book and look through all the elements that are there making sure you have those things just to make it have a professional presentation to it right yeah. Um, and this is just another one of those aspects uh, that I think just kind of adds to it. So am I tricking people? I think it's so wildly important. Like people yeah. are very unforgiving. Even when I'm reading an established author and say I'm reading an ebook iteration of it and yeah. spacing's an issue or some words kind of conk out, it completely ruins the spell. Yeah, um, right. To the point sometimes like I'm reading um, an ebook of um, uh, Rage by um, Stephen King. And um, there's moments where the formatting is so terrible that i'm like am i even reading the real book right now like i have that question like did i get a really crummy copy of this yeah, like like a bootleg yeah like a bootleg like is this just somebody's like high school novel um but yeah i yeah. think it's crazy crazy important even when i was sending beta drafts out to people i was still kind of concerned about spacing and formatting because i know how they can just ruin the spell and i mean yeah 
you're working against so much being a self-published author and, an, and a first-time author anyway. Yes. Don't let formatting derail your story. Yeah. Same thing too, right? Don't let your lack of planning around an ISBN, you know, a publishing arm, a logo, like you're making, we had an episode, right, about like making an impression, yep. whether it's your title or about the cover. This is another one of those aspects that it doesn't seem important at first, but you're making an, like a first impression with the reader. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't sell them initially, they're not going to trust you as a, as a, as a writer and they're not going to finish your book. Yeah. Yep. No, I hundred percent might agree. even lead to a bad review. Like you yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I, I all those aspects are there because you know there are some <laughs> expectations uh, that people are looking for when they open up a book, and I think all of these things they all kind of pull together to kind of give that a full experience of like this is a professionally completed. You know, you know, it's weird. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like a job application process where like <laughs> yeah. you'll immediately dismiss somebody without a cover letter or there's a misspelling or like, why is there this gap in your work history? Like, I think people are that critical with what they're reading because what you're asking them to do is take a risk on you so they can spend their time in your world. And that's the only thing at yeah. the end of the day that we have, like you're asking for people's time, yep. our only commodity yeah <laughs> like, yeah you're asking to invest the two only things, thing right? that matters right you're running out of time so please give me some of yours i mean to me that's more important than money yeah exactly and like and those are the two things you're looking to have people invest in but i 100 yeah, agree like you're you're asking you're inviting people in or you're asking people to 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 take time out of their out of their lives away from netflix or whatever else they're doing to read your book so presenting that in the best uh best way that first step i think is it's so important um, of course, writing a good story and making sure there's no typos in it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's also, but don't be derailed you know, <laughs> yeah. on the onset. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, a lot of this stuff is, uh, it's, it may be tedious and some of it's annoying, but a lot of it, it's just filling out forms when it comes down to, yeah. it, you know, it's like, that's all, that's all this really comes down to. I mean, there's a lot of them and there's a lot of checklists out there. So it's like, if you're worried about missing anything, there's plenty of them out there. I'll even, we'll throw one up on the, on the, uh, the with the post, the episode, but yeah, I think those are just things you, you, you can't you can't gloss over um, just because uh, it, it'll put you it just puts you gets your foot in the door, you know. So. Yeah, and I'd say, I mean, to echo your point about doing it early, like I mean, I know you're doing it now. Yeah, but I feel like it's got to be so hard to do it now because you just want to be done, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you just yes. want to be done with this whole yes. relationship you've had with your book to move on to the next one? And now yes. there's like. The legality aspect of it that you have yes. to look into it's got to be yeah draining so yeah. i this, mean this feels like i'm dragging through a second act of a story right now because <laughs> like strong yeah. second act vibes right now i'm like can i just can we just move, get through this this process i wonder um, if you had this settled in the beginning it would have given you another goal post to write towards because you're talking before about like how it could influence you to continue writing under the imprint i yeah. wonder if setting it up early could have provided additional motivation that's a good point. I mean, I think I was I was probably always from the, the start. I think I was 70, 30, 80, 20 leaning towards self-publishing anyway. So a lot of these little things I knew uh, yeah. were, were coming. But yeah, I agree. I think maybe if I was like 100% right off the bat and did my homework on all of this earlier on and was like, here's going to be the, the publisher imprint name, here's a logo, and had those things together, would have felt like, okay, I am working you know, under this professional vibe and feel right now yeah totally um let me get this done for this for you know my quote-unquote boss you know in a way um so yeah i agree i think that that could have been a a good 
uh, push uh, for the goal, you know, getting to the goalposts. So, if we're talking like um, ticket price or here, like what uh, what's the final cost of submitting? You know, what you're doing for ISBNs. Oh man, you know, like what? Because there's also that risk. Like, do you not want to pay up front for something like that? Although, here's the other thing. Yeah, not to keep rambling here. No, but paying up front to me almost makes sense. I'll tell you, when I buy new running shoes. I run more like, <laughs> yeah. anything, any kind of like reinforcement I have with like positive habits. Yeah. I bought like additional weights to work out. I work out more. There's a chance if you are investing your own money early on, you might be kind of beholden to a promise that yeah. you're setting for yourself. Yeah. I mean like the ISPNs are really the only thing you can, you, you could do that off the bat. Um, you know, and say, okay, I've got these, this 10 or one or 10 or hundred, whatever ISPN numbers. Let me start writing books to fill to, to occupy those numbers, right? But yeah, I, I think they're. I think uh, putting the investment into maybe less so money, but putting the investment into into creating these things and having them set uh, ahead of time is helpful. I mean, we talked about it too when like or like I don't know, middle of my third or fourth draft when I started thinking about these things. I remember I was yeah. talking to you about it, like on our Monday night chats, whatever. And you're like, just focus on the book, just focus on the book. Like the story is the most important thing right now. Cause I was getting derailed cause I, my brain was shifting over to this. And I was like, I sure, have to, that I very have pragmatic to, side, right? I have to start, I have to start thinking creativity. about creativity. Yeah. And making sure that I don't like making sure I don't kind of basically screw myself. If I miss something in here, that's going to take me months to do. I think that was the other mm-hmm. thing too. Cause I want to get to the end, be like, all right, book's all done. I have to wait three months to get it out because I didn't do X, Y, or Z. Sounds exciting. Yeah. I just want to write a second book, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is the It'll be easier next time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, this will all be easier because all this stuff will be set in place and I'll know, okay, this is what I have to get done and this is when I can do it and, you know, I'll be good to go. So, um, but it's fun. It's good to, it's good to go through this process and, and learn these things. So, so what do you, uh, what do you, what have you been reading lately? Um, I'm still finishing up. Honestly, I'm like 10 pages away from, I, I tried to barrel through last night, but got sleepy. Um, let the right one in. Mm. Um, Still, because I'm kind of doing research to make sure that vampire story that I had an idea for is worth telling. And I want to make sure that it's different enough from Let the Right One In to to dedicate my time to it, since it's the only thing we have. Um, it's great, though. It's a really good book. Um, it's so adult, like so amazingly adult. But yeah, no, it's been a good read. I'll probably go and I'll watch like the... Um, I'll watch the movie and I'll watch the the American adaptation of it too, and then yeah. I'll I'll see how it because I I mean I already wrote the beats out for the short story. I mean yeah. it's it's different enough, but it certainly has that like there's a child vampire like aspect, and so and I'm sure that you know the author of Let the Right One In was influenced by Anne Rice and you know her take on on that yeah. and, um, interview with the vampire. So. I don't want to completely derail myself just because they're similar concepts when the yeah. the theming and the story is so much different. Yeah. But in the yeah. same respect, I don't want to dedicate a bunch of time to something that's viewed as completely and utterly derivative. So we'll see. Yeah. And then, uh, other than that, I'm reading kind of a weird nonfiction book for me, kind of outside of my, my general interests. It's called Chaos. Mm. Charles Manson, the CIA and the secret history of the 60s. Whoa, nice. Get in there. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a, I won't say a takedown, but it's a challenge of Bugliosi's book, Helter Skelter, that had come out, you know, shortly after the the Manson trial. Yep. And it's um taking this really kind of critical, interesting eye of of the '60s and the overlap between 
you know, the Manson cult and hippie stardom and, and artists of the time and how, how much overlap there was and how kind of easy it was for those that the really like the criminals at like the bottom rungs of society could be at Hollywood parties because everybody looked very similar at the time. You know, everybody yeah. kind of had long hair and wore similar clothes. And that could be like a record producer or it could be like a career criminal like Charles Manson. It was really hard to check out like who the wolf in sheep's clothing was at that time, especially as everything is kind of marketed as love and peace yeah. and, yep. you know, free love, which is something that Manson like leaned into. So it's, it's interesting. I don't really have interest in that it's really grisly. I don't really care yeah. for like the grizzly. It's interesting, right? Because I like horror stories and horror movies, but when it comes to the real world things, <laughs> not so much. Like this, I, I don't have an interest in yeah. it. It's um, yeah, I have like an aversion to the glorification of these heroic or like this. I don't know. I think these like terrible people and serial killers are turned into icons, and mm. it, it it's disgusting to me. So like. Even if it's like, you know, you get your Ted Bundy's and like what there was that Dahmer movie out and they turn them into like figures, like they're on T-shirts, they're a hot topic, they're on mugs. And it's like, I always try to stay away from the true crime things because it's just kind of upsets me and angers me. Hmm. Um, But this seemed interesting because I I didn't know, I don't know much about the time period. And this isn't just looking at the Manson and, and the family's atrocities. Um, but it's also looking at like a greater lens of what the sixties was yeah, and the yeah, kind yeah. of dangers of commodification of love culture, which I think yep. is interesting and drawing me to it. I mean, they had so many overlaps with, um, you know, the beach boys and, yeah, you know, famous record producers, obviously Roman Polanski, Murphy Brown, what's her name? Candace Bergen. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just really, they were just really involved in the yeah. fame aspect of, of Hollywood at the time. And since they had access to drugs and, and the seedier aspects of life, yeah. they were present at these parties. Huh. So really crazy. Interesting. But yeah, I could see how you're like, oh, I got to remind myself this is, this was real life, not <laughs> a made up story. Right. And that's the thing is that, I mean, it's, it's really gross. Like it's yeah. just, so it's like, it's out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it did seem like a fresh take on the time. So I wanted to read a little nonfiction. It's been a while since I read nonfiction. So yeah. How about you? What are you, what are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, well, I just finished the, I know I mentioned this probably our first episode. I'd started that, that shadow of the gods book. Maybe I mentioned it last episode too, but I finished reading that, which was pretty great. The John Quinn fantasy Vikings. It's brutal. It's, you know, it's fun. Three different characters, um, come in third person limited kind of view. Uh, Tease you up for book two, which I have, which I'm going to start probably pretty soon. Um, and I started reading this book called Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. Uh, a friend of mine handed it off to me to check out. It's a very Agatha Christie style murder mystery type of story. It's kind of interesting because it's definitely like third person, like omniscient. And there's just a lot of describing people and their thoughts and things and there's not a lot of dialogue to it so it's it's, oh, kind, interesting. Of, it's kind of interesting to, to to read something like this and it's jumping from character to character and just kind of talking about them from the outside and that's pretty much it i'm working my way through uh some of the volumes of the uh sandman uh graphic okay. novel too but yeah it's been you it, know, i noticed so. that and, and let the right one in i can't tell if it's pov head hopping or if it's just third person omniscient Hmm. sometimes there's like a lot of interiority inside of like the same sub chapter of two characters and i'm like yeah. it, it's a little jarring 
since we've been paying so much attention to POV. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I'm reading on a personal note is all the beta feedback I'm receiving from my book. Yeah, that's right. Where so, are you at with that? Book um, update. Book new segment. <laughs> new, new, new segment. segment. Book update. Um, I received all the feedback I believe I'm going to receive from this round. Um, I've got a few people who are like kind of still in the middle towards the end, but um, I received a good chunk of feedback. Some very brutally honest feedback, which was uh, appreciated, um, but also one of those like almost derailing moments. Yeah. Where I was yeah. Like, so I was like, I think I texted you, right? So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then a supportive feedback that was like very practical, like, this is an anachronism, you know, these words weren't used, you know, this section yeah. of the book kind of slows the pacing down. Um, but super grateful to everybody who's who's read the book. And because that once again, it's time, they've spent time, um, and they donated their time to me and, and then provided feedback and phone calls and Google Doc feedback. So just so, so appreciate yeah. everybody kind of like, donating and, and influencing and working hard to make this book better. And it, and it will be like, now I've got, I'm like t ready to tee up my next round of edits next week, moving into draft five. I think I'm starting to lose count. Wowza. Wowza. But yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we'll see. Then I think I'm going to query and um, I'm going to put writer syndrome books at the bottom of that list, <sighs> but I'm going to put you on there. <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> We're not taking any submissions this year. <laughs> Yo, you're Sorry. not accepting new submissions? <laughs> submissions <Yeah>. closed. <laughs> so I don't know. Is there anything else? That was that was good chat. We talked about what we're reading. We talked about book update, new segment. We got talking about imprints and publishers. I ranted on that for a while. I yeah, think... super helpful. And once again, I need to thank you for doing all the work for me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great person to be friends with. I'll tell yeah, you, you're, uh -huh. you're really working hard for us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't wait till that submission comes in. <laughs> you're going to reject me? Yep. It's just going to be like every other query, just complete radio yeah. silence. Like, <laughs> did, did you even get it? Did you? Six months later, I'll send you an email. <laughs> really business-like. Thank you, Tim Letney, Timothy Letney, for your submitting your book to <laughs> Spider Syndrome Books. Actual but... boilerplate. We're currently not accepting submissions in the horror genre. Horror genre. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, think someone else might find it of value, send it along to them. Get a topic idea or any feedback. Idea? 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 I idea. think it's idea. I think it's idea. If you have any topic ideas, uh, you know, send us some feedback, don't you know? <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at writer underscore syndrome. Uh, or you can head over to writersyndrome.com, find all of our other episodes and contact info. And next episode, what are we doing next episode? We're going to do, we're kind of taking a step back and talking characters. I think, and Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it feels like a step back, but it's going to be what I'm going through anyway with the edit. Like mm. I, it's I need to take you. another hard look at my characters and their backstories and their motivations. And yeah. so I, th I think, honestly, I think it'll be helpful because once again, that's something that I probably should have done a little more in, on the, in the, in the upfront of writing. I did yeah. some, but I, I think I need to do more, especially uh, when I it comes it, to motivations. You no, know, I agree. And I think that actually, it'll be good for both of us because I'll be kind of diving back into that for my, for, for when I start book two. Um, and I have like, I started that process with some of my characters. So that'll be a good kind of uh, refresher, I think, and just chat through. So nice. So yeah, that'll be our next episode. You can just join us then. Uh, until next time, just keep writing.